Hey guys, this is Doug. Thanks for listening to What's the Hazard. I want to recognize our incredibly generous sponsors, Cheyenne Wolford of Custom Concrete Specialists, John Fallowich, Fallowich Construction Services, Jim Cover, Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, Danny Arroyo, WorkSafe Consulting, and Building Omaha, a collaboration between the Nebraska Electrical Contractors Association and the IBEW. Thank you, one and all. You are true believers in workplace safety and health, and I appreciate you. All right, let's get into today's episode. My guests today, John and Matt Falowich, Falowich Construction Services. Thank you for being here, guys. Yeah, yeah. It is. You're like a little. You're like a younger version of him, which is <laughs> d- genetically yeah. the case, actually, yeah. for folks that don't know you guys. And Falowich Construction Services has been one of the sponsors of the program for two years now. Thank you both for that. Um, I know you could be probably spending that fifty bucks on something else. <laughs> so I, I sincerely, no, I sincerely appreciate it. You know, I, I appreciate your help. So. Um, we've been talking a little bit about discipline and self-motivation and aging as it comes to, we're, we're really, a, this is a podcast about safety, but yeah. um, it's, it's about more than that. And um, it's about uh, just life and stories and, you know, people. And yeah. so I love, I love hearing about that kind of stuff. Um, I think we do need to talk a little bit about safety yeah. uh, just for the hardcore safety people in the, but. I've been doing safety for 35 years, man. I want to talk about something else for a day, you know, but no, not necessarily, but I would like it. If you guys would talk a little bit about the company, your, your company has grown even since I've known you and expanded into different areas. So if you wouldn't mind just taking a few minutes, yeah. tell a little bit about the origin of Fallowage construction and, okay. and, and what you guys are doing now, Yeah, which is cool. Well, thanks for having us. Appreciate of it. Of course. Um, we're happy to be a part of this deal. It's uh, we're, we're proud to be a part of it. So um, you know, we follow, which is, um, you know, we started out, I started out, uh, working construction. I was never a school guy, you know? And, uh, so I always like work with my hands and, and doing different things there. And we was working for a few other companies, um, got into the union, uh, right after high school, worked construction during high school and, and, uh, decided what I didn't want to do in the construction market, you know, I was pouring concrete and, working, you know, rebar and all that kind of stuff and making five fifty an hour, I think at the time got a raise to like five seventy five. And I remember those days, you know, uh, but, um, you know, I got out of high school, started working construction, uh, interior systems and worked on bridges and, and things for some contractors here in town. And, um, you know, I, uh, got to put the, I got married at a young age. I was 19, married the, my high school sweetheart and, and, uh, I, uh, at 20, 25, I went through the apprenticeship and started doing a lot of side work and, and, uh, working for some people. And back in the day, there was no safety. I mean, there was, but it wasn't, it was an afterthought, man. Really, yeah, It was not what it was, what it is today. But, um, I had some distaste in my mouth about, you know, how things were ran and, you know, you'd get a safety violation. Then you'd see the safety director come in and then they'd give you a, whatever they'd give you a sticker or a jacket or something. And then, you know, they'd say, well, let's come back and, We'll see you. We'll see you later and kind of keep the program going. But then you wouldn't see him again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I knew the kind of things that we went through. I was always, you know, a hardcore field guy and um, looked at everything that we went through in the field. And there was always that office field mentality. You know, guys in the office sit in the cushy, cushy offices and then we're out here freezing our asses off and and uh, sweating our asses off and things. So 
You know, there was always that mentality of, man, we, this isn't right. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And, um, always job cost, job cost, job cost. And so, uh, I was doing a lot of side work and working and I thought, you know, told my wife at the time I I said, you know, I'd like to go out and start my own business. And, you know, she was, uh, I think we were just getting ready to have our second kid. And, um, is that you? No, no, you're three. I'm third, three out of four. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I did it, uh, in, I think it was November, no, October of 95. We started, it was just me and another guy. And, um, you know, I did everything from cradle to grave, you know, bidding to working on the job sites. And I did that for a long time. And, um, we had a few good opportunities kind of fast forward. That company grew. We started doing bigger work. And then I, um, I was always loyal to the union because the union was somebody that trained me. Right. So similar to if you go to Nebraska or you go to Ohio state, you know, that's who you're loyal to. Mm -hmm. So I always felt a loyalty to those guys. Those guys gave me my training and education. And so uh, we went down that path. And then at the time, quite frankly, the training and education was not what it is today. It was just, it was bad. Is it impressive today? I think it is. Yeah. I think we've come a long way. Um, We've come a long way with that. Um, we just, I sit on the JTC committee, which is the joint apprenticeship training committee. And we've re, we've, we've done the, redone the curriculum and we've, you know, made some accountability and we got good trainers, we got good facilities. So I believe in it. I think it's really good. Like I said, it's come a long way. Um, and then from there, man, we just, you know, being successful in business, you know, we've only, we've almost lost our business a couple of times during the way, especially early on. And, um, you know, we had some pretty loyal professionals around us and some pretty loyal people that uh, helped us get through, through some of that stuff. And I think that's how you grow. You know, you got to you got to hit the bottom before you can start getting back up and what to do, what not to do. And so um, what I realized was it's all about the people. And I know we hear that and it's kind of cliche, but it is all about the people. And, and um, when we started, when I started looking at the people and what brought a success, you know, I couldn't do certain things without them. I mean, we were, you know, we were granted um, projects along the way. We found ourselves in, I found myself in weird positions. Like, you know, there was a, almost a, uh, the union had almost dissolved here. And because of that, so there were some guys that came to work for me because the company they worked for went non-union. So they had their pension and benefits and all that stuff invested um, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so they needed to work for another union shop. So I, I found these guys coming to work for me. I'm like, they were my journeymen that trained me, but I'm like, these guys would never, why would they work for me? You know, I'm just a punk kid out of uh, South Omaha. So anyway, we got a good break with those guys, which allowed us to get bigger work and kind of grow. And that just, things just kept happening that way. And uh, so the safety side um, has always been important to me because I always think back to that, that field office mentality, which we try really, really hard not to have. Um, you're always going to have some of that. I think with people that don't understand, Mm -hmm. but you know, my uh, production mentality, my uh, dedication to the field mentality is in the office. So if you work in the office with me, I'm starting to lighten up a lot, but it's like, you know, they're they're okay with me going on vacation sometimes. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's not because I'm, I'm an asshole. It's just because I don't want them to forget about what's going on in the field. You know, right. We could sit in here and look at our windows and it's sunny and, nice or sunny and hot and it's mm-hmm. snowing, but those are the guys out there that are doing it guys and gals now. But, and so the safety thing has always been a good commitment for us. I know, uh, Jim Steele, you know, mm-hmm. y'all know Jim, but yep. 
he came in and, and really turned things around. Um, with all the other duties that I had, the dedication to safety, I just couldn't, couldn't put the time in. But he got us, he got us really short up and put a, my vision into, into place, which was, you know, build a culture of safety, make sure people are taken care of, and then keep that continuing on, right? So just not, you know, one and done. It's like, you know, what are we going to do? And are we going to keep this thing cultivating? And then that led to the VPP thing. And um, so, and, you know, that's, that's where we are today. And I, I, I still, with everything that we do, um, you know, one of the biggest things that I, one of the biggest mistakes that I made was in 2011, I think it was 2011, 2012, maybe before that during, during the, the last recession, I had to cut some people, you know, and uh, that was the, one of the toughest periods of my career because I cut my safety. I thought, you know, we'll cut safety. We'll get a third party coming in here. We'll cut this, we'll cut that. And when I cut safety, that's when things started to change. The, the culture started to collapse. Um, you know, that even this, the little things like toolbox talks and, and, and pressing toolbox talks. And even though they're, you know, weekly and the, you know, you read them, blah, 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 blah. People might think they, they check the box, but that's the start of that week. That's the start of that, that you know, kind of trajectory of moving forward of what we're focusing on. What, mm-hmm. what is, what are we focusing on right here? And so that led to incidents. We had our highest incident ratios. Um, and we were doing the most work. We were doing big projects um, during that time with, with the recession, which we were just kind of taking our, our step back up. But anyway, um, that was the biggest mistake I made. So since then, because the third party, good third parties are good, and I hope I'm not stepping on anybody's toes, but, um, you know, the, the interaction with the guys, the daily interaction, the engagement, it just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You, know, you still had the guys coming in and kind of looking around and, and um, kind of giving a report, but I think it's having different, yeah, having the different. safety guy. I notice that I do that, and I know it's different. Yeah, I tell all of my companies, you need someone dedicated here in the company to be doing this because I come once a month, yeah. and that's not that's not it. It's yeah. not what we're looking for. Yeah, and so uh, I want that guy. They're typically the first face they see when they come in for orientation. Mm-hmm they see them on the job site and they see them in training. And, and so it's that relationship that they have. So, uh, since then we've, uh, have a dedicated safety guy and that's just part of our overhead. Yeah. And I, I believe in that there's a lot of people that don't have that and that's fine. But it, uh, for us, that's the, that's the investment that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, and you said something that a couple of things that I think are really interesting. One growth, when you are growing, maintaining that connection, I mean, it's easy for the executive office to detach when you're growing, when you've got more work, when you've got more responsibilities, you get further and further away from the field. And I think I've seen that happen in a lot of organizations. So it requires a concerted effort to maintain that connection. And um, when you take something away, even like something as simple as a toolbox talk, you know, it might be routine. It might become kind of boring. I, I, you know. I know what they're like, but when they're gone, people realize that yep. they see those things. You At know? the very least, it bridges the gap from the office to the field side mm-hmm. I mean, or just showing up from an office standpoint, showing up and doing the toolbox talks with the guys, doing the stretch and bends with the guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it may seem minuscule, but it, I think it goes a long way. I do too. Or just talking to the guys, Hey, you know, tool, we all know the toolbox talk in the company for that week 
So it's, if anything, it's a conversation starter, mm-hmm. something to talk about. What What is it about the business that appealed to you? Because you are one of four, yep. one of four brothers. One of four and the only one that. And, and you're the one that is company. in the business that you've, that you've yep. followed your father into the business. Yep. Uh, is there something about it that appealed to you? Is there something about it? I mean, you guys are obviously very similar. I don't know if that <laughs> you might say you're it. like. If my kids like, are listening to this right now. They're like, yeah, they yep. are. Are they? Okay. Yeah. Is that. Is that your, yeah, I mean, I was, I kind of, I've always obviously looked up to my dad growing up, um, always kind of been in and around the the company. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I really didn't know any different to be quite honest with you. I've never done a job that's outside of the company. I, I did do an internship with another walls and ceilings company. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, growing up, um, working in the field in the, in the summers and then sometimes working in the, in the, uh, office side maybe when i got in trouble during the school year but um yeah doing carpentry work in the summers and working in the warehouse pulling job requests and things like that um it's pretty much all i ever have ever done it's all i know so um yeah it's i guess i'd never really Mm -hmm. thought about doing anything Mm -hmm. different just it's what i love to do Mm -hmm. you know go to work every day and feel some days you get the reward, some days you don't, but of, of course, um, definitely. Yeah. But it's interesting because we've had this conversation before, man. And I, and I, you said it exactly right. We, people think of these things as cliche, but almost every business is a, is a people business. It's truly mm-hmm. when, when we talk about culture, which we, you know, it's kind of an overused term. I think people talk about their culture or their safety culture, just the culture of their company. It, it has everything to do with how people feel they're being treated, how they're, if they're being valued, if they're being engaged or heard. Yep. And it's not as complicated as I think people make it out to be sometimes, you know? Yeah. I think the, the, the culture, Jim talked, talked to me about culture. You know, that's where I first learned it. And, and uh, you know, it's hard to build a culture. Oh, very it's hard. very hard to build a culture and it takes time and you don't do it overnight and you have to have, we talked about discipline. You have to have the discipline to keep doing the same thing. And, 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 and I guess explaining to people what that means, right? You gotta, this is why we do this, not just do this. You know, this is why we do this. And now I'm, I'm seeing myself a lot doing that a lot because of the new generation coming in. Like I was having a conversation with a guy this morning and he wasn't doing something. One of my managers wasn't doing something. And, you know, it's something that we implemented 15 to 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. And I gave him the backstory of it. This is why we implemented it, implemented this. And it wasn't just John hard fisting down. It was a collaboration of people like saying, we need this. We have to have this. And it's one of those things that we've tweaked throughout the years. It's not just, we've been doing this for so long. It's just is what it is. It's we've tweaked it along the way. So giving them some background of why we do things, I think is extremely important, Mm -hmm. you know? And I did want to touch on one thing that I think is important. You know, we, so to, to get the, the field in the office together, there's certain things that, like I have my admin from the, my, my assistant to my CFO to her assistant, go out to the field, go visit these guys. Mm-hmm. And then my superintendent, um, you know, he schedules those on cold days, on hot days, right? <laughs> right. Let's go walk through the mud. And he gives them shit too. Like, where are your boots tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. What time are we going? Well, we got to be there by six. Mm-hmm. So meet me here at five thirty. And so I think that's extremely important. No matter how busy we get, right? And they come back and they're different, 
like you can just see it they're different and so uh i think that's important and it's wow, also really cool it's also it's also important for the guys to come in the office like come into our house and then I want my people to understand that if they see somebody walking down the hallway with the high vis shirt on, say hi to them, you know, introduce yourself, you know, make mm -hmm. sure that they know who we are and they know what you do. And, um, and I, I don't know how, no matter how big you get, I think that's extremely important. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take long, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't take long to, to, uh, make somebody's day different. I, I love that. You know what I mean? I do. Absolutely. So, I love the idea of introducing the admin people in the office, introducing themselves to the high vis guys. Yeah. Yep. That's something he's always pushed because, I mean, coming from the field, right, He's he knows what it's like. He, mm -hmm. It's always – it's about the guys in the field. It's about what they're doing. If it's a cold day, recognizing it's a cold day. Um, and that's something he's pushed on me is never forget the guys in the field and the gals in the field because that's who makes – that's who makes everything. I mean, right. Without them, right. Makes not, it nobody in the office has a job. So right. I, when he's long gone, that's something I hope that we can keep continuing uh, to cherish and, and push through. Absolutely. The yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love that approach, man. And I love the fact that the, the admin people are going out to the field. Yeah, man. I think that is fantastic. Um, I don't think that happens very often, you know, truthfully. Yeah. And um, everybody has their struggles. As you said, it's good for the field guys to know what the admin folks are doing as well and yep. why all those kind of things. How, been, how, how big is the company now? How big are you guys? Just under 150. Um, That's a pretty good size. Yeah. Contract field and office. Yeah. And we, yeah, we're in going to Des Moines. We're down, we're traveling across, you know, two hour radius mm -hmm. right now, which mm -hmm. is fine. There's a, there's so much work here that's going on, but um, we got so many young kids coming. I call them younger, but you know, under 30 yeah. coming in and they're just, they're knocking it out of the park, man. It's, Are they? It's crazy. What's different about them? What's different about this new wave of employee? I think they're smarter. Well, they just have so much knowledge. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you got knowledge at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. So you can learn what you can get on YouTube and figure out how to build something. I mean, and then they've been on their devices, technology since they were kids. I mean, my, mm -hmm. I'm talking my generation now, mm -hmm. right. five to 30 year olds. Right. I think you can just, you learn so much more. And our, I mean, what we do now is so, technology is so integrated in everything we do, whether it's from the BIM side, iPads, everything's documented on, on iPads and things mm -hmm. like that. I mean, those, those guys that um, hold on to it and know how to run a computer, know how to run the iPads, they're really rising up. And then we got some good guys. You know, we got a lot of good um, seasoned vets that are going to be kind of, going out they'll struggle with that or they just well, will eventually it, well i guess what i'm getting at is they're going to be in the next five years they're going to be retired i got you so okay. if we if we pair up those young cubs those guys that mm -hmm. you know they get the technology they know and they're they're young they're eager pair those guys up with the bets that know what they're doing on the building mm -hmm. side um we've seen some good some some good solutions and oh, that's fantastic that. yeah i love that yeah it's crazy that's one thing i wanted to ask you about was um integration of technology and you touched on a couple of things i don't even know what they are so could you talk a little bit about i mean when we were young men yeah. working uh, a tape measure was pretty technical <laughs> frankly for some know. it still is yeah, <laughs> well, yeah I'm not. i i think that you but, know you've got so much i mean you, you have your basic stuff and technology in the field from a tool side of things has gotten a lot better but 
I've got some other thoughts on why I don't think it's not a good thing, but um, because we gotten away with, we gotten, we gotten dependent upon like they have line lasers, right? So you have a line laser, you got to trust a bubble that's here and it's going to point up there. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's not always right. So we're mm-hmm. depending on that. So a lot of the old school plumb bobs and things like that, that just a string and a, you know, just it's there. Yep. So it doesn't lie. Um, I see production back then was sometimes higher than it is today. The quality of those things and the quality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but for th- the technology thing we, we hire within. So I don't know the percentage of guys that are in our office that we hired out of the field, but it's pretty high. It's a lot. Um, and some of the guys, like we have a modeler um, in our office and he's just, I told him yesterday what I wanted. He's like, looks at it and goes, yeah, I can do that. And I'm like, do you need any more information? Because I don't want to give it to you. I don't have time to give it to you, but, <laughs> right. but if it's you need it. Yeah. yeah. And so he's like, yeah. And I, I assigned him something earlier this week and we went over it yesterday and I looked at it. I'm like, that's perfect, dude. You know what I mean? Really? And it's just modeling and, and breaking up things. And he's got this 3D thing and he's spinning it around. And and uh, so it's, it's he's a, a BIM modeler. So what does that mean? BIM is building information modeling. Okay. So he uses a software called Revit, uh, CAD, AutoCAD, all these things. But he, you can take the prints from the architect and then you upload it into, or it may, it may already be a Revit file. And then we build a, a 3D model from that. <clears throat> so we can use, we have an add-in from it. And we can, we basically do our entire scope for some projects uh, in a 3D model before we're even on site. So guys in the field can see how things they go together, wow, these attachments, whatever it is. And from our, our prefab side, it goes, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to do it without it. But Interesting. And that's the thing with, with you take a, a young kid like that, which came, he came out of the field, like he was an apprentice. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he turned out or almost turned out and he came in and he was a gamer. So he was good with the computers and the respect you, you always think about this clash between, you know, the younger generation, the older generation. But when a guy says, here's a 3d model of what you're going to do, and I'm going to walk you through it. They're like, okay, okay, that's cool. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's absolutely. not just a flat piece of paper. Right. So that respect. So there is hope for gamers. There yeah, it is. In, uh, in the construction. We knew that there was going to be some <laughs> way for them to integrate into like the real world <laughs> when they came out of the yeah. basement. Yeah. Well, his, his his uh he kept he was he was in our bullpen right and the bullpen is you know it's a it's a cube farm basically Mm -hmm. and he got pms and pms you know they're whatever they're doing all day long they are who they are they are who they are and he's like (laughs) he's like man i got you got to get me out of here (laughs) (laughs) i'm begging you you. he's like in this bullpen he's got headphones on and he's got his five screens lit up and (laughs) and um he's like you know you do his review and you're like he's like i just got to get out of that bullpen you know one day i got him out of there man and he was like a change guy he put him in his own office he closes the door you know he's got his headphones on he's just and he gets out he's just after it you know what i mean so that's cool and that's just one more thing about something small that changes somebody's life you know what i mean and and so anyway that's that's kind of the the history of where we're at today and you know it's good and you know i I couldn't ask for anything more but you sound optimistic about the future yeah. and about these young, young workers. Yeah. There are some good young workers out there because m- normally all I hear is whining and moaning and bitching. And I think people are actually, they know my sons or something that, <laughs> well, you know, it's, I, I try to, I try to take a step back and look at the generations as we came through, right? Like what did our parents say about us? What did their parents say about them? I mean, we've evolved so much 
you know, there's always going to be bad seeds, right? Mm -hmm. And we have to take our own path and where we're going. But I think, and I'm not coddling anybody by any means, right? It's, if, if anything, I'm trying to offer some more discipline. And when you work for us, I guess that's a whole thing. You have to fit in with our culture. Mm-hmm, right. So you're not going to come in and, you know, you just have to fit in, you know, right. you have to, you have to have the same type of discipline, the same type of wanting structure, um, to, to that, that's what you want to, you're going to come to work every day in this environment. You want to be good in that environment. And I'm not saying we're that rigid, but, um, because these guys do, they have a great time, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, we got a job to do. Right. Of you course. Know? And so I don't know, uh, there's, I can probably picture a lot of younger generation people that I see that wouldn't fit in our, in our culture. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, what did our parents say about us? Uh, just, mm-hmm. you know, really, you're doing that. You ain't worth the shit, whatever, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But yeah. there's, there's good people out there, mm-hmm. no doubt, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, the school's, you know, the schools are still bringing some, some kids into the industry. You know, I think we talked about it before. Not everybody's yeah. a college uh, person, no. so they got to come in and work with their hands. So that, that's always going to be there, I think. Yeah. And these guys today, man, they're making good money. Oh, yeah. Really good. Well, money. I know. A lot more than a new grad out of freaking high school or, or college. Or college. I know. Yeah. yeah. I know I've got two of those and, uh, I, you know, I'm kind of a big fan of micro. I like the micro, you know, approach. I think, you know, he was always a proponent of, you know, find an opportunity, get really good at it, and then the doors will open, you know, uh, and those opportunities may not be exactly what you were envisioning when you were, you know, a younger person necessarily. I love that idea, and I've I've tried to encourage my boys to do that too, you know, that um, it, it may not be what you had envisioned as a high school student perhaps or even when you were in college, but man if you embrace that opportunity and really get good at it, I think only good things happen typically, you know? So I, I, I'm a, I wish my boys, I think Kent, my older son in particular would have done really well if he would have learned to do something with his hands. He's a, he's a, an active guy. He likes mm-hmm. to be outdoors. He likes to be engaged. He, he doesn't fit into the school. He didn't really love school. I think that didn't, work for him necessarily but did he I get didn't a know how much degree he did and uh, i didn't know how to direct him i because everybody goes to college so why not go it seems like it. it is yeah all the mold and you know more than on more than one occasion he told me he goes i'm i'm out i can't do this and i was like just <laughs> you've started just finish yeah. and then do whatever it is you want you know and and i that and that was my clinging to that old mentality as well mm-hmm. in some, some some ways you know yeah. I graduated from, from college. If I could go back and do it again, I think would I, maybe, maybe not. I'm, I'm kind of different. I'm in a different, uh, I have a different opportunity than, than most having the, the family company and things. Um, but to me, I mean, it's, I may be sounding a little bitter about it. I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but, um, I just think it's, it's an expensive piece of paper mm-hmm. for what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. I think now that I'm, I'm, I'm turned out, I've been working in the industry for a few years. I've learned a lot more, you know, a thousand times more than I ever did right. in college. And sometimes I think if I would have either done an apprenticeship or just started working in the office right out of high school, mm-hmm. where would I be today? I don't know. Maybe the mm-hmm. same place, maybe maybe further back. I don't know. I mean, it's good relationships. You create good relationships in college, but 
I don't think I learned the technical knowledge that I really needed to well, I, with, I, with the stuff that I'm learning There's been today. a huge effort to move people into trades and um, skills. You know, I see those all the time. I see them on LinkedIn, which is the only social media that I can remotely tolerate, which is <laughs> still a, excuse me, it's just horrible. But I see that a lot and I see, and, and I, I know those opportunities exist. Yeah. And I think, as you said, I mean, if, if you're driven by the money, the money can be there. It can be whatever you want it to be, you know? I think that people forget like the simple things. If you show up for work every day, you work hard, you know, you show some initiative. I mean, that's really what you need. And there's employers out there or anybody out there, whether it's a, a foreman or a supervisor, that's all they want. They just want somebody they can depend on. Mm -hmm. they, they'll teach you the rest. But you just, if you just show up every day, have initiative and, and you know, a good attitude. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, that can't teach that. That opens a lot of doors. Yeah. Though. He no. touched on it earlier. I mean, if you look at our office, we probably have maybe over 50% came from the field. Probably. Something mm -hmm. like that. Really? And those guys, I don't know if they do or don't have college degrees. I would say they don't. But I mean, if you were to ask them, you know, go into the trades, they do that. They show hard work qualities, leadership qualities. You know, they come to work on time. They're dependable. Your employer is going to realize that. Mm -hmm. And we, I mean, we, before we send out any, um, before we tell the public that we're hiring, we always put it out first in the field. Because what we found is if we, we already know the people, so we know what their qualities are like. And, you know, bringing those people up from the field and, and showing them that we're a company. And it's part of our culture too. We're a company that builds within mm -hmm. and, uh, we, you know, we like that reward, plus hard I, work and dedication. And well, plus I think as it, as it falls under safety, I mean, they understand, they understand what we want. They understand why we want it. And it probably even more, they get a feeling of, man, they're serious about this. I mean, they really do this mm -hmm. stuff in the office too, you know? So I think that's, that's just a better all around person when you can do that. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you a question. Um, there's been a lot of news recently about the number of trenching fatalities that we've had this year nationwide. So last year, I think there were 15 to 20 trench fatalities that occurred in federal OSHA states. That's normally where the statistics come from. And this year, as of August 19th, we've already had more than that number. And, you know, these are not mysteries. I mean, you know, trench safeties pretty well understood, you know, the different mechanisms for shoring up or securing a trench. Why, why in light of all of that information, all of the technology and stuff, why do you guys still just in general, why do you guys still not is it follow rules? Is it the rules are just too difficult to follow? Is it, I mean, is it a, a stubbornness of some sort? Is it a lack of information? I mean, what, why, why do we still struggle with these issues? I would say, based on what you're saying, you know, this year, um, I just had, I just left a meeting uh, Wednesday, and 58% of our uh, apprentices are new this year. Wow. And I think that's up a little bit. Um, so when you look at that number, and it tells you how many new people are in the industry, mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm sure everybody knows, you know, about the tenure, the first – 18 months of uh, employment is when something's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably a lot of it. I think there's a lot of, you know, and I'm kind of 
going to the labor side here, there's a lot of people out there that are supervisors that may not be um, capable of supervising yet. They're kind of put in that position, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think that's a lot of it too. I think the understanding of, and, and then here's another interesting st- statistic. So we, we looked at um, from 18 to 20, either 24, I think it's 24, 18 to 24. That's where we lose our retention of employees, right? So I don't know the ages of these, these people that mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. have had the incident, but, and so, you know, when you look at the younger generation coming in and then losing that younger generation, and then the amount of new people that we have, I think that that could be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, now do they, you know, how do we get that the safety across to them? Um, you know, I don't know. Everybody's got staffing issues and I know we have our own staffing issues, but trying to um, relay that message and how important that message is. Um, you know, I think that could be part of it mm-hmm. from the supervisor side. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting comment. Now, the other thing that we tried to do, and we're trying to get this implemented, we get, you get some traction. We kind of take a step backwards from, so for whatever reason, we're trying to get traction on this whole mentorship thing, you know, and uh, mentorship meaning, you know, not just put a red stripe on their hat, hard hat, you know, but to bring these people back in at, at three months, at six months, at nine months and say, how's it going, mm-hmm. you know, and, and bring them. Um, if it's, we've hired 20 people or 50 people just kind of split up in groups for a week bring them back in for an hour, meet the executive team and, you know, how's it going? These are the things we're, we're looking out for. And just to try to give them more of a, a connection engagement with safety and everything that we do in our culture. Um, so we can you know, not have accidents mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and then carry that through for the first, I think we figured 12 months, maybe okay. 18 months. And that, that's got to help with retention too, I would assume. I mean, yeah. just that, that feeling of integration. I know that sometimes as new employees feel isolated, they may not, they may not be part of the group. They may not be embraced necessarily by the, the larger masses. And so, you know, you might have individuals that are, and maybe that's just their personality. They're a little bit of a loner, perhaps they don't need to be part of that group, but nonetheless, that's when you're going to lose them if they don't feel like they're yeah, at least, I mean, every corner you turn, there's a help wanted sign. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I was driving to work this morning. You got grading companies with signs on big signs, you know, hiring. I'm sure car washes <laughs> with 401k. <and> ridiculous. <laughs> so. No, it's true. And, and, and the wages the you know, these wages that have been probably artificially escalated, mm-hmm. elevated. Did I say yeah. it, just higher. to try to compete? Yeah. You know, I have a client international nutrition over on about 76th and I street. And on the way to their building, you drive by a big sign for Nash Finch or whatever that yeah. that mm-hmm. says $20 an hour. And everybody that drives the International Nutrition drives by that sign every day and thinks, yeah. shit, I'm making 15 bucks yes. an hour. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm going to turn left instead of right. Yeah, yeah. It's when, the, when the new people come in, I think the most important part, and I don't know if it leads to these accidents or not. I, to me, I think it probably would because um, it kind of goes along with any leadership quality is you have to be able to explain the why you're doing something mm-hmm. so if and take the time to do that exactly yep and one thing that we've done before um you know we if we have an incident depending on the level of level of severity um and this is after the fact obviously we have things that we do before that to explain the whys and things but 
Um, we'll bring the guys in that have the incident and we'll sit them down. We'll have them write a letter to their family and, and say, Hey, um, we want you to, to write this as if your family had to read this. If you passed away, what would you say? Mm-hmm. And I think we've had a lot of good, um, a lot of good feedback from the guys that, that did that because they didn't realize it. You know, if they're up three bakers, two bakers tall over six feet and they don't have a harness on, well, what's the level of severity? Right. You can fall off and you can die. Right. So that's really what we're up against. And trenching is, is it's the same thing. You know, if you're in a trench and you don't have the, the proper protective equipment. What can that lead to? It can yeah. lead to these deaths. That, that's interesting, man. I, I'm not sure the guys always mm-hmm. think of it in those terms, in that context necessarily. Well, people are rushing and they want to get the job mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to. I think. Mm-hmm. I think the schedules too. I mean, the, the, the schedules in construction are so demanding nowadays. I mean, we've got, everybody's got clients that they just throw more money at it. Can we just throw more money at it? And it's like, mm-hmm. no, there's a limit to that. There is a limit to that. And how it's much, not all how effective about it is. Yeah, exactly. So I would think a combination between, you know, new people and hiring and not having enough people, not having enough supervisors, putting supervisors in place that shouldn't be in place. I mean, there, that's huge combination. And man, there's a lot of freaking work out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work out there. Yeah. So I don't know if there's, new companies that are having issues, you know, startups, Probably. things like that, you know? I mean, that, that's, those are interesting comments too, man, because I think there are a lot of people that are being promoted into those supervisory positions, probably ahead of schedule, mm-hmm. probably ahead of what would normally be desirable. Now they've got those responsibilities. <laughs> um, what Do you do anything from a leadership standpoint? We've talked a little bit about the mentoring for these new employees. What do you do for your leadership, your frontline, your foreman, supervisors, superintendents, how do you, I mean, you've obviously been grooming them along the way and you know who they are and what they're about, but do you, do you give them any special attention? Yeah, we do. So we have a mentor program, uh, inside of the foreman that we have and we have, have them at different levels, right? So call it level one through four. And that's based on the experience they have on certain size projects. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. Um, we started that last year because you know, foreman, you're a foreman today, you know, what does that mean? But giving them some type of um, graduation to the next level, mm-hmm. to the next level. And it's based on pretty much job size. And then every, every one of those guys have a mentor. So we had, I think we started off with call it six mentors, maybe seven mentors. And each one of those guys below them were assigned. So it's each mentor to have two or three guys. Right. And then uh, they would meet with them in the beginning to say, okay, what are your strengths and weaknesses on a one-on-one basis? Like, let's be real here. Mm-hmm. And then from there they would, uh, you know, meet periodic periodically and go over that. And then superintendents get busy and I'm like, okay, this is important. Let's, we got to keep up this momentum <laughs> similar with safety, you know? So we're working through that. It's, is it perfect? No, it's not perfect, but we, we know that, um, there's, there's a need for that. And I think there's a, um, there's a thirst for that for their people. They, they want to grow within the company. And there's another statistic I learned the other day. By 2033, 41% of our local is going to lose, um, well, for, they're going to lose 41% of our journeymen in 2033. They're going to be out in 10 so, years. So in 10 years, we're going to lose 41% of our journeyman membership. They're going to retire. Ooh, That's a scary number. Wow. That's and, a big number. And so we've got, now we've always thought, how much time do we have? Well, we got time. We got 11 years, guys. We have 11 years, guys. So if you're sitting in a room today, 
if you're new today, would I have you run the biggest job I have for right now? No. You got to have you. I would think you'd have at least fifteen plus years mm-hmm. to be running a big project. Right. So even if you, we started today with guys, they're not even going to be able to be a maximized or a, you know run the maximum mm-hmm. project that we have. So um, that's one thing that we do. And with our all of our office staff, we have a consulting firm that we use. Um, that they go out. We just had uh, one go out a couple weeks ago. Send them. We ship them to Colorado for a week, and they sit with people around. Uh, the industry, mm-hmm. whatever construction GCs, subcontractors, and they do uh, 360 reviews. They do just uh, all kinds of stuff. So wow. you might be laughing, you might be crying, you might be all you know, all kinds of things. I I've not been to that one, but the, the feedback that we get, um, which she uh, uh, a gal that we have, uh, she's coming back next week. She did, we we do a debrief on that, and then now she's coming back and she's all jazzed up, of course, and she's like you know we got to get this, we got to get things going. And so she's going to corral all the people that have been there throughout the years and, yeah. and re-stimulate that. Um, because it's a big investment. That's too. exciting. No, you know that's I mean? cool. So I like that. We yeah. do that with the foreman too. We'll yeah. Send some foreman there mm-hmm. to the, to Colorado. That's fantastic. And so you talked about this 10, 11 years, we're going to be losing all of this seniority and experience and, um, it's pretty daunting, those numbers. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much longer you've got in this. But, <laughs> scares the shit out of me. <laughs> but I know in 2033 that you won't be able to find me. <laughs> so what do you have a vision for, I mean, assuming that you will be in a position of, of decision-making as this progresses, mm-hmm. what, what's your vision for going for? I mean. We always talk about um, expansion, growing and expansion. Mm-hmm. Into different aspects of the business, or uh, just in the business itself, the, in the primary, the same business, just different, different uh, market markets, mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we are kind of dabbling here and here and there now already. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's ultimately that's my goal to expand mm-hmm. it. You know, we he's built the systems and processes that are in place right. today, right? Um, and quite honestly, we can take those because we're. He talks about being rigid, and yes, we're rigid in certain aspects, but you know, others we. We give our, our guys that decentralized command where they mm-hmm. can do whatever they, you know, how mm-hmm. they feel fit. But the whether it's the pre-jobs or, um, you know, weekly, everything that we do on a, on a daily and weekly basis is <laughs> we have forms for it and everything like that. So um, we can expand if we wanted to today. We already mm-hmm. have that structure in place, mm-hmm. that, those processes. But you can't do it in the absence of that, obviously. I mean, it doesn't work if you try to expand in try, the absence of those. But it's not going to, yeah, it mm-hmm. won't work out. It doesn't usually work out very well. So yeah, from my standpoint, I, that's that's my goal is to expand into different markets. And then technology is that your baby, or is that more your baby? The tech, technological side of this, or I don't mean to assume that you're not a techie guy. Well, Maybe I'm not. That's per, a, I'm not personally a techie guy, but I I know enough to direct my staff. Mm-hmm. And I think the prefabrication is probably uh, the most technical we we are right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got other obviously other uh, devices that we use, but. The prefabrication is the thing that I'm growing right now, mm-hmm. which those guys are, you know, doing more fallowage stuff. Um, and then I'm doing the, the West Coast prefab stuff mm-hmm. with my team over there and then making sure that it gets integrated uh, with what we right. do. Right. So that's another big thing. I mean, I, I think it's no secret that's where everything's going. And as it relates to safety, you you know, there are numbers. I don't, geez, we were at 1,400 and mm almost 1500 hours or 15,000 days, 
days, days. Yeah, days mm-hmm. uh, without an incident, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. So the incident uh, ratio is, is really good zero, right? Good. right? So because yeah. you're in a manufacturing facility, mm-hmm. you, know, you can control everything that you need to control. Right. It's a little bit more predictable. Yeah, it is. Than, than a work site <clears throat> where things change so rapidly. But um, I've been reading a lot of safety stuff of late. I, you know, I've just gotten kind of, I don't know, stagnant or bored. I still love what I do and I enjoy the interactions. Most of what I do is people, you know, watching people, interacting with people. But I've been reading a little bit and uh, I've found some interesting commentary on like building capacity into your processes, you know, if you have really flimsy or brittle processes and one thing goes wrong and now we have a bad outcome, maybe we have an incident or an accident or something. And the, the, the authors of these books that I've been reading talk a lot about building capacity into the systems so that the, the system is tolerant of error or deviations. Because if there's one thing we know, we know there's going to be error. Employees are going to make mistakes you know, we're going to screw up from time to time, if not all the time. But if the system can handle that, we don't have bad outcomes. You know, brittle systems that can't tolerate that have problems, you know. And so I was listening to this guy talking about lean manufacturing, you know, get as lean as possible. But you've removed a lot of capacity to tolerate yeah. deviations when you do that. And I'm just scratching the surface of this stuff, but that's really interesting to me. And in a manufacturing setting, you can build capacities in probably more easily than on the job site, maybe. But even on a job site, I'm sure that you can build in capacities. What, having said that, what, what are the things that keep you up at night? Are they safety things, or is it financial stuff, or is it? If you know him, he doesn't sleep much. So <laughs> I don't pretty sleep much at all. Everything. You know, are there things that? Um, I mean, obviously. We would never want anything bad to happen to any of our employees, of course, but but you've built systems, you put systems in place to try to at least control that to the extent that you're able. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, my mind's just always going, so I don't, the big things don't keep me up at night, mm-hmm. you know, it is some of the little things, like, I'm still very involved with the Fallowich side, I mean, we, you know, I'm, I've got, you know, what I would call, I'm, 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 coaching and teaching bench strength, right? So Matt and a couple of our guys that are the leads and I'm going back now. And what keeps me up sometimes is, did they do that? You know, did they, did they check that box? Did they go out there? Did they fix this? Did they, and so it's the little details, mm-hmm. you know, um, the big things, not so much worried about, I don't get caught up in, you know, Oh my God, we got this huge project, blah, blah, blah. I get caught up in the more the details. And that's what mm-hmm. I think that's the, I think those are the most important things, right? Um, and I go back to the job starts and that's what I'm, I'm, my campaign is right now. Like we've got to get granular on these things and we got to get granular before we are boots on the ground here. So we know what we, so that we look like we know what we're doing and that's the success of the project. So those types of things I can't seem to let go of yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and everything else, you know, mm-hmm. this thing just keeps going and I'm uh-huh. always trying to, are, are you there yet? Is your mind going like that? Not quite. Maybe when I have a kid. See? Oh man, it does change things yeah. for the better. Yeah, it always changes it for the better. It gives you reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, it's interesting because we have that conversation in safety oftentimes where, you know, we ask people, you know, why is it important to work safely? Why do you work safely? And oftentimes it's family or, you know, friends, family, those types of things. And we really promote that. You know, 
just like you described, writing a letter to your family, you know, after a near miss or a minor incident, what in that could have been catastrophic mm-hmm. perhaps. And, you know, thinking about that, I know that I go to work every day for family. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of there on those days where you just don't feel like doing it, but you have these obligations and you've made these commitments. So we go to work even on days where we don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And we, I, I want to get home at the end of the day to enjoy, you know, family and the fruits of that labor. And I, I think sometimes it's just that, that I don't want to say easy, but it's just that personal. It doesn't have to be more than that necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to complicate it. Don't have to complicate it. I think we have a tendency and I think OSHA is to blame to some degree for that with all of the forms and all of the documentation and all of the stuff. Sometimes this is really just about attitude. You know, your culture is an attitude toward work. I think, I think, you know, by, by talking about safety differently than work, I think sometimes we muddy it up a little bit. We should just talk about work. How do we build our processes to be most efficient, most effective and ultimately the safest. Yeah. That they, they have to have a seat at the table. You know, everybody's got a seat at the table when we're going through something and when it's, you know, whoever production's turn or safety's turn, I mean, we're all in this together and we can't do one without the other. And that's the culture that we mm-hmm. like to keep like, okay, meetings over. No, it, what do you mean meetings over? And you know, you can have, everybody's like, well, put safety first. Well, it, it is first, right? You, 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 that's the mentality you want, but we got to have a job too. So we have to respect this guy and this guy. And if production and safety are doing this, then it's working. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, I got to get this done. Well, you got to do it safely. So you got to compromise here. Right. But I think having a a seat at the table is, is huge um, for everybody. Yeah. We're all in this together. Right. Yeah. So it is interesting. What's uh What's next, man? Are we gonna get? Are we gonna go start rolling, or what are we gonna do? <laughs> Let's do it, man. All right here. Are right. we? Push the table. Now, so no, <laughs> no, I haven't had my first lesson yet, so I may have to tap out of that one. Yeah. But, um, but this is something you've have you have you done that before in the past? Yeah, you did some jujitsu in the past. That's how I started. Oh, is it? Yeah. And you were obviously an accomplished wrestler and jujitsu uh, fighter practitioner. Yeah, I grew up, grew up wrestling. Yeah, you've done that did too. Jiu-jitsu right? for a few years. Right. Haven't done it for probably a year now. But okay. Yeah, we talk okay. about getting back into it. Good. It, which we're talking on it now, so we're gonna have to. Yeah, well, now we have to. Always <laughs> so made this commitment. Yeah, I'm in. See I at five thirty. I uh, oh well. It's. I think you know. I think I might now. I might do a few one-on-one sessions so that I don't cry the first time mm-hmm. somebody like puts me in a headlock or something. You know. So you know, it's it's. I don't know. It's. It's not like that though, really. When you go in, it's it's a lot different when you're starting out, mm-hmm. and then when you're starting out, you got to look at it like, well, no, there's no expectation. I here. suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so. I mean, there's no expectation here, and I think the guys at the gym are good about that. But, yeah, you know, I just really the timing of it is the stand-up's been really uh, exciting lately. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's fun. Of, yeah, it is fun. I do enjoy. I enjoy that, and mostly because I'm familiar with that this is really intriguing to me and i've been watching on the youtube and it's fascinating and i you know you heard jocko talking about it you mentioned jocko earlier you know i mean you hear them talking about jujitsu joe rogan all these guys that you know that i listen to frequently are all talking about it it seems like and i'm trying to encourage i'm i've got a son at home right now my son nick 
um, is out of school and trying to get into another program. But until he does that, he's going to be in my basement. And so I've tried doing Put some mats down there. I've, I've tried <laughs> get it going. I'm afraid of him. <laughs> <laughs> he's bigger than me and a little volatile. Yeah. You know, very quiet, calm guy. He's like that old uh, MMA fighter, short, somebody sh- edge, short fuse, somebody. Yeah. yeah. This Nick, he's just real sweet and calm until he's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, what just happened there? You know? So, but I'm trying to get him to get to yeah. the gym. I think that the thing I think with, he needs that discipline. The thing with the gym, no matter what the what the art is, I mean, there's a, there's a sense of humility in it, mm-hmm. and you know, so when you think you're whatever you you can be, whoever you want at work, and you know, you be a boss and you be the leader and all this stuff, but then you go there, it just there's a sense of humility that you you leave there with, mm-hmm. or you walk in there with, hopefully. And yeah. then I think that from a leadership side is is good. Actually, I agree with that, that, man. You know, mm-hmm. I would agree. But so, your put your ego aside and. Mm-hmm. everybody's on the same playing field got to go to work yeah. mm-hmm. i would agree that, that that's a very good point there is something that's you know from a confidence standpoint the gym is very helpful it can help build some confidence yeah. and identity but there is also a, that ego and humility portion of it that there's always somebody there that's going to put oh, you yeah. on your ass yep. and there's always somebody that's going to be and he might know. be five foot tall exactly. <laughs> or it might be she I know I know my old my old the guy that I used to train with his daughter was a fighter and um a good fighter and we would work out together and she was probably 105 pounds or something but man she would pound your ribs flat mm-hmm. and if you hit her back he would give yeah. you the look so man yeah. you just took your ass beating like a man and- yeah. well jujitsu though from the standpoint of humility it's you know, just having somebody laying on your stomach or laying on your chest and yeah. putting all their mm-hmm. weight on there mm-hmm. and then learning to breathe mm-hmm. and not panic, you know, those types of right. things are it's just little things in mm-hmm. that, in that art. That's, it's not about winning or losing. It's about, can I get through this guy being on top of me for the next four, three, four minutes, mm-hmm. you know? And what's the deal with like no rounds? I mean, they just go like oh, 20 just, minutes yeah, straight or minutes, sometimes they're, they're I think, yeah, the rule sets kind of change. I'm good for two minutes at a stretch. So <laughs> yeah. is that, is that part of this or we not? Need to turn that up too. Yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of those guys in there. They're doing two minute rounds. I'm like, what is this two minute round? Shit? Uh-huh. And two minute recovery. That's Open typically down. how I, I set it up. Yep. Exactly. I'm looking forward to it. Guys, it's been a pleasure, yeah, man. man. I really enjoy this. Thank you again for your sponsorship and your support. But even more thanks for the information and uh, the conversation, man. And uh, I'll try 5.30. We'll see if we can make it work. Let's do it. Then we'll do 7.30. Yeah, fine. Then we'll do 7.30. Is that when, like, the- no, that's when we go to stand-up. Oh, really? We go from oh, jiu-jitsu to stand-up. Really? We'll see you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to retire before we start yeah. that, that course. All right, guys. Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Keep up the good work and never stop learning. And we'll talk to you next week. Later. Huda Media Production.